Look at February. Look at it. Just flying by. Try to grab it. Try to get a hold of February. You can't do it. It's just slipping away. And it's so good, too. February's good. Don't ask me to pronounce that R. I'm not calling it February. I will get the R in library. Let's not call that library, but we can call it February. I'll happily call it February. I'm not worried about pronouncing that R. I am worried about February just vanishing. Because I love it. I'm in love with February. You know you like it, too. Your dry January is over. Or did you extend it? You go in full throttle health mode? Did you extend that dry January a little bit? Huh? February is a little taste of warmth. February's back into the rhythm. Coming out of the holidays, you forget what rhythm is. You're flailing. February, you're back on the bike. You go, oh, oh yeah, I know how to ride. I know how to ride a little bit. I don't know much about astrology or horoscopes, but I like Aquarius people. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I think I just made something up. This is the dawning. It's just coming to me right now. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Where's this coming from? That original hit that just crept into my mind. I should write that down. Aquarius. All these February birthdays in my life. Lovely people. Nephew Jace. Nephew Shay. Shayna. Ari Eldon, Josh Friday, Jason Pugh, Saba Mare. Look at February. All these quality people. Born in one month. Black History Month. Although I was watching an NBA game in January. And they cut away to tell the story of a great black coach from the 1960s. In like a one minute history capsule type of presentation. And then afterwards it said Black History Always. And I was like, yes. Yes, exactly. What are we doing Black History Month? Shoving it into... No, black history always. Black history, as pervasive and widely discussed as all history. General history. I thought that was great. Black history always. But February is Black History Month. February's Valentine's Day? I googled it. What's the origin of Valentine's Day? I still don't understand. I read three different websites. I don't know what the hell Valentine's Day is. I don't think anyone does. I think there's like just different theories. Was it St. Valentine? Was it a jailkeeper? Does it have anything to do with Cupid, the church? Is this one about snakes in Ireland? I, I don't, we don't know. It's just candy and flowers, right? And cute cards and love. Love. Let's focus on love. What's the best love song ever? You still feel the residue of Valentine's Day all over you. You're engulfed in Valentine's Day, aren't you? You still have the glitter in your hair? <laughs> you still have that glitter in your hair. Yeah, don't brush it out. Don't shower that out. You look great. You look radiant. You got that glow. You got that lover's glow. So what is the best love song ever? Isn't it the song you picked to dance at your wedding to? If you're married, you remember making that decision? What song represents our love? You don't want to be too cliche. You don't want to pick one that you've heard at the last few weddings. But you also don't want to go too underground where your guests are like, what is this shit? My wife and I went with Ray Charles, Come Rain or Come Shine. He didn't write it, but he performed it. A lot of people have performed it. But Ray, what Ray did to Come Rain or Come Shine, come on. I mean, come on. Put your lighter in the air already. Or I guess cell phone. Illuminate the concert with your cell phone glow. Because Ray's about to tickle those keys. I actually read somewhere he was blind. 
I don't buy it. I mean, honestly, 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 how could he play the piano? How would he even know which keys to press? It just doesn't add up. Have you read that? Ray was blind? I kid, but you know there's someone on YouTube right now creating their own conspiracy. Trying to convince you of some wild shit. I have watched a Flat Earther video on YouTube and it was hilarious. Highly recommend. I'm here to bring up obvious stuff and disprove it. That's the new theme of this podcast. Ray Charles, blind? I don't think so. He clearly knows how to play the piano, which is something you would have to look at, right? All right, forget all that bullshit, actually. Let's get back to Ray. Come rain or come shine. It's the month for lovers. I'm gonna love you Like no one's love you Come rain or come shine High as a mountain, deep as a river, come rain or come shine. Keep it going for Ray Charles, everybody. Keep it going for Ray Charles, still fooling us after all these years. What was your first dance song? What was it? Do you still love it? You still put it on during Valentine's Day or your anniversary, I guess, would be more appropriate. I went through a fat Ray phase. You know, there's a point with a lot of old artists where you only know one or two hits. Like I knew Hit the Road Jack because at NBA games when a guy fouls out on the other team, the hit Hit the Road Jack. And you're like, all right, who sings that? Like a lot of these songs I knew as stadium jams. Start me up. I just thought that was Jock Jams, Volume 2. I didn't know that's the Rolling Stones. But hit the road jack, and then you hear Unchain My Heart, and you're like, oh yeah, feeling it. I need a Greatest Hits album. I've got a woman making Whoopi, back when Whoopi was probably profanity. Don't you say Whoopi, but he has a song called Making Whoopi. We know what Ray's talking about. How could he even make Whoopi if he was blind? You know what I mean? You're like, no. Maybe ease off that joke, pal. What I say? Oh, what I say? How smooth is this intro? just on loop i could listen to that for three hours no i couldn't but when i say i went through a big fat ray phase i've never gone through a phase quite like my mj phase my michael jackson phase why is he bringing that up why are you bringing that up huh we don't talk about michael anymore well i still have a book of cds under my driver's seat and my daughter found them and she starts flipping through these compact discs these relics dust them off i don't know why i've never thrown them away The collection is no longer growing, but I still got a big book of CDs. My daughter said, what are these? I had to explain. This was music. We would go to a store and purchase the music. It didn't just stream through the phone. I said, pick anything. We'll play it. My car still has a CD player. I've discovered. 
and she's flipping through it and picked a Michael Jackson greatest hits album. I said, you want this? You know what you're getting into? We were driving to Vallecito. I put it in. Boom. Man in the mirror. And she's feeling it. I look in my rear view mirror. I could see her in her car seat. She's feeling it. And I'm like, of course she's feeling it. This is my daughter. I went through an almost disturbing Michael Jackson phase from age, I'd say, 9 to 12. Yeah, that span of years. Give me the white glove. Give me the jerry curl wig. Give me the high white socks and the black loafers. Give me the hat to throw as I learn all the moves to Billie Jean. I will study the lyrics on my Thriller record. It got to the point where I think I was one of those girls you would see at an Elvis concert and the old black and white footage fainting. I think if I were to see MJ live when I was 10 years old, I would have fainted. The elite security would just drag me out. You remember old MJ footage where he was just performing in front of what? 3.2 billion people? Just a sea of people fainting? Perhaps bigger than Beatlemania. I'll say it. At the height of his solo career. Actually, I learned about MJ before I even knew who the Jackson 5 were. I couldn't even put it together. That's not easy to put together for most people. Same guy? That guy? ABC? I want you back? All right. Well, we're talking about the greatest voice ever, right? We're talking about the greatest dancer ever, right? We're talking about the greatest songs ever, right? You with me? Maybe you're not. That's okay if you're not. But whenever like Showtime or HBO would have a live in concert special, it was just like, oh my God, I've got the chills for an hour 20. The dude was electric. And that's why it's so sad to be conflicted and listen to all these lyrics and think, wait, he was a pedophile. Okay. That has sadly been proven. Hard evidence against him. I mean, I guess I should use the word allegedly, alleged pedophile, but if you sat through that HBO documentary, which I couldn't, I couldn't sit through the whole thing, but the HBO documentary about who he really was with his little kid friends, it was so disgusting, it was so disheartening, it was so discouraging, it was so sad, it was so ugly, it was so maddening. It was really the nail in the coffin. I was thinking, all right, I guess that's it. Just like Bill Cosby, O.J. Simpson... A lot of big-time celebs who just had their star fizzle, their career plummet because of dark criminal behavior. I was thinking, oh, man, okay. That'll be a previous chapter of my life where I loved MJ. I don't love him anymore. I'm moving on happily. I was okay. And then my daughter finds the CD, and I see the music hit her because she knows nothing. She knows nothing about the scandals. She knows nothing about his young bedmates who grew up in pretty much described the trauma in depth like indisputable evidence but i'm watching my daughter groove to man in the mirror putting on smooth criminal it's a good greatest hits album dirty diana was on that one black or white and then as i'm just tapping the arrow through all the tracks i'm going through all the tracks i land on the way you make me feel are you kidding the Way You Make Me Feel off the Bad Album. And by the way, I had to Google this. The Bad Album came out in 87, where he's trying to look tough with the B.A.D. and red graffiti behind him with that wet hair and that black leather outfit, where I guess that was cool. It was cool. It's not cool anymore, folks. But The Way You Make Me Feel, I put that on. And after about seven seconds, I look back, and this five-year-old girl is dancing. And she memorizes lyrics quickly like my wife. So she's just feeling it. As much as I've ever seen her feel a song, more than any Disney nonsense, more than any 
Little Kids soundtrack, From My Little Pony to Coco Melon, Michael Jackson's The Way You Make Me Feel, and it's about to hit you right now. I'm about to give you a little taste, okay? Buckle up. Buckle up. Because you know this one. And you'll wonder, wait, can I listen to this still? I mean, am I going to feel dirty? You love that dooch do da 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 dooch. Dooch do da 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 dooch. Bring in the organ. Gone girl. All right, Michael, let's clean it up. So I'm still ready to retire that CD for good. Adios. But now when I drive my daughter to Vallecito in the morning, she says, Dooch, do da 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 dooch. Give me dooch, do da 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 dooch. And I go, you want dooch, do da 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 dooch? She doesn't know it's called The Way You Make Me Feel. The way you make me feel. You knock me off of my feet. And then you wonder, who's he thinking about when he's singing that? And then it becomes real gross. But really, dooch, do da 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 dooch. And she calls it the guy in the mirror. And my mornings are filled with Michael. And we dance. Ah, folks, it's February. It's a month of love. You feel me, though? My favorite movie ever, Annie Hall, Woody Allen. Can I watch it anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because I also, God, HBO is destroying people. I also watched the HBO documentary about Woody. More pedophilia. What's going on with my childhood heroes? Isn't that weird? I grew up loving Bill Cosby, Woody Allen, and Michael Jackson. And now I'm like, none of it. None of it. Cancel, 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 cancel. But if my innocent daughter discovers a Woody Allen movie later in life before knowing any context of who he was, and she's like, I really enjoyed Annie Hall. I guess I go, yeah, because it was good. Really good. And if she's feeling dooch do da 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 dooch, then I guess we keep bumping dooch do da 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 dooch. I don't know. You know what's also extinct? Listening to that shit. But you know what's also extinct? Stumbling around on a vacation. Discovering, ooh, a nice little bed and breakfast. Guess we'll stay here for a couple of nights. Oh, we walked by a quaint little Thai restaurant on a vacation. We gave it a chance. Who knew? We didn't look at any reviews. It wasn't recommended. We didn't watch thousands of YouTube videos about it. We didn't read 32 TripAdvisor reviews. We didn't even go to Yelp. We just stumbled into this quaint little deli. On our vacation, that story's extinct. No one's doing that anymore. Vacations are so planned right now. You go on vacation nowadays for months. You've been Googling panoramic photos of the hotel, right? You know exactly where you're going to park, what restaurants you're going to eat at. Internet reviews, too many internet photos. They've turned vacationing into something way too robotic. We do so much research nowadays. We don't trust the process. There's no, yeah, we're just going to pick a town and we're just going to see where it takes. Forget that. It's an hour by hour plan. 
11.30 to 12.10, we'll go on the south side of the beach where we heard it's sunnier. We read a review from Roger in Modesto, and he says he knows the sunniest part of the beach, and you want to get there early. And then you want to leave before 2, beat the rush, and go to this gelato place. Not that gelato place, but go this gelato place. Not that gelato place. Now people just walk into hotels and restaurants with a full understanding of what's to come. Ask for this waiter, sit at this table, order this dish. I think it's just people don't like surprises. Vacations become so sacred, we build them up in our mind, right? I need a vacation. You're so busy and stressed, you start to idealize a vacation. So instead of just going with the flow, you create the flow, and then what happens? You spend too many stressful hours researching and researching. You're not going to get those moments back. Researching and researching and researching. We're going to Capitola. We're going to Pismo Beach this summer. I think my wife and I have spent more hours googling and googling hotels what's the size of the patio do they provide a pack and play is there coffee in the room is there a lobby bar they take a triple a discount is it a suite okay is it a suite where the rooms are separated with an actual door okay how many outlets are in the room because we have a lot of things to plug in is the pool heated ask if the pool's heated and i love how some hotels are still advertising hbo how many times can i Mention HBO tonight. Holy shit. Welcome in. It's episode 206. Let's really start it now. I don't even know what that intro was all about, but let's really start this. Hey, everyone. Welcome. I've missed you. It's been a while. Okay. Just like my book of CDs, you got to dust it off, knock off the rust. That's what happens. If it's been a little too long between episodes, I get a little rusty. I got to get into the rhythm, got to get into the flow. What are we talking about? Now I need to remember what we're talking about. I think I was talking about planned vacations. Oh, just how many things we research. I need to ease off the pedal. I need to go down a lane of serendipity. I don't know what that means. It sounds good, though. I need to just go down a lane of serendipity. It'll all be meant to be. Whatever you do, wherever you go, it's just meant to be. That's the path you were meant to be on. Commit to that belief system and life will be lighter. That's what I want. I want life to be calmer, lighter, softer easier idealize the shit out of it you don't want any surprises you don't want to arrive at the hotel and oh i didn't realize there's a hell's angels convention and the roofs are very thin so you could hear everything above oh we didn't realize the hot tub was removed oh we didn't no that's fine that's fine i did i didn't realize the hot tubs were oh kids aren't allowed In the lobby lounge, they're not allowed. It's just adults. Oh, okay. So this is more like a singles type of hotel. Oh, we didn't realize that. We're uh, looking for family friendly. Forget all that. Forget the oops we didn't realize. We now take vacations and we have planned every moment. We realize what's going to happen. What percentage of people like surprises? Six? We're trying to control some things in this uncontrollable world. We're so powerless. We're always trying to control things. And then what if someone threw you a party and invited a guest list that you were like, I haven't seen him in three years. I'm not exactly talking to that. You created a guest list and threw me a surprise party. What kind of nightmare is a surprise party? Surprise. And then you're like, oh, holy shit. To socialize with all of you. And I don't get to pick any of the food or music or guest list or locations. It's a surprise. And that's the conversation, I guess. The whole surprise party. If you ever had a surprise party, is that the only conversation everyone talks to you about? Did you know? Did you have any idea? What did you think? When we all popped out, what did you think? Did you have any idea? 
what 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 was going through your head when you saw me and Kathleen pop out from behind your couch? <laughs> you must, you old tomcat, you must have shit your pants. All right, surprise nothing. Surprise vacation? Would anyone go for that? Let your spouse just pick the location, the destination, the hotel, the restaurants. Oh, I'm actually having a panic attack. Even talking about it, I'm having a panic attack. Having a panic attack. Too many options, too many options. Like our viewing habits, too many options, too many options. There was a Saturday Night Live skit. By the way, SNL has been so bad this season. I guess I say that every year because I'm growing and the show remains in that demographic for what, 15 to 22-year-olds? But I'm hanging on by a thread. I even said for the first time ever, maybe we'll skip it this week. It was a host I had never heard of, Pedro Pascal. I believe he's from Things I Don't Watch. In the week before Michael B. Jordan, that episode was the hottest, steaming, pile of dog shit i've ever sat through i didn't even smile i didn't even grin it's a comedy show right they're still going for comedy but a week later i was like all right all right let's try pedro pascal and it was good there was a good episode am i even getting his name right i don't know but there was a skit it was a game show hosted by bowen yang bowen's good and it was just the contestants were asked questions about movies and tv shows like can you name anything on right now do you know what's been nominated for any oscars there's just so many options and a lot of them are great, but nothing is special anymore. You know what I mean? It's great. Like White Lotus season two was great, but it's not like that was a legendary show like MASH. When people talk about MASH, it's because there were no other options back then. Now there's too many options. So nothing's really memorable. You remember enjoying the week that you binge watched something, but it doesn't stay with you anymore. Same with movies. You watch a good movie, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Isn't that weird to think movie theaters just used to show one movie for like five or six months? The whole neighborhood would see it twice, three times. The whole town. Just one movie on the marquee. You see it three times. Now, seriously, try to name all the streaming services. People are talking about, you got Peacock, right? You got Paramount? You got Showtime? You got HBO? You got Hulu? You got Netflix? You got Apple? Slow the fuck down. Slow down. Slow down, all right? My pulse is increasing when you're telling me all the shows I got to watch. And they're all so good. Oh, they all sound so good. It's oversaturation, though. Like, I could just name shows right now and convince you that these are real shows. And you'd be like, oh, I guess I haven't heard of that. And they have big-time actors. I could even tell you it's nominated. That doesn't mean shit anymore. It's nominated. You guys watching uh, Missiles in a Bath? It's pretty good. It's a war piece. It takes place in Korea. It's with Martin Short and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Missiles in a Bath is excellent. It just like brings you to Korea. Have you guys seen Garden Gloves? It's good. It's with Meryl Streep and Samuel L. Jackson because all these streaming services could just afford to hire the greatest actors ever. Yeah, Streep. She's really good. Garden Gloves, it's kind of a period piece about gardening in the 20s in the South. She's great, and Samuel L. Jackson is brilliant, as always. Yeah, that one's on Hulu. Check it out. Are you guys watching Skylords with Jenna Elfman? You remember her from Dharma and Greg? Skylords. It's like a really intense drama. Brad Pitt was in the last episode. Why? Because they can afford Brad Pitt to be in an episode. So it's good. What else? What else am I watching lately? Demolition Twins is pretty great on Netflix. I'm on season six already. Yes, with Michael B. Jordan. He's phenomenal. And the girl from iCarly is in it. She's really good. Just wrote a book. Destroying Her Mom, I believe. That's my next memoir. You guys watching Cafe Gluttony? 
Yeah, Angelica Houston's new show with Danny DeVito. Yeah, DeVito brings it. I know, I didn't even know he was still acting. I thought it was just Jersey Mike's sandwich commercials, but no. Cafe Gluttony's awesome. It's so good. You got to start from the beginning, though. You guys watching, uh, what else? Visionary Elf Lords. Holy shit, it's so scary. I think it was nominated. Yeah, Visionary Elf Lords. It's with Benicio Del Toro and Leslie Jones. And it's awesome. Oh, it's outstanding. Really, the acting is... This is how we talk about shows. They're all so amazing. And if you're not watching it, you should. You watching Fury Town? That's a real one. With Dame Judi Gench. Gench? Kelsey Grammer. It's on HBO. Are you guys watching Fury Town? That's a real one, seriously. No, it's not. See? I made it up and you believed me because I said that's a real one. I'm going to do this all night. You guys watching Believers? Oh my God, my wife and I were crying so hard in that last episode. Believers with Bette Midler. And she sings and she dances with John Stamos in that one scene on the yacht. Makes you a believer. It really does. Oh boy. Yeah, my wife and I were still talking about that episode. You guys watching that new cooking show, Operation Macaroni Salad? I love it. I love it. It's really, really sweet. New cooking show. It's on season nine. You got to start from the beginning, though. It's all about the sides of barbecue because everyone's already done barbecue shows. These are about the sides, potato salad, macaroni salad, baked beans. It's so good. Operation Macaroni Salad. Yeah. I, I would start from the beginning, though. It takes place in Texas where everyone knows how to cook. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's nominated. It's on Tubi, I think. You could even make up new streaming services and tell people they got to get that. It's only a dollar a year. It's only a dollar a year and you could share your password with everyone. It's called Meep Meep. I have Netflix, Hulu, Meep Meep, M-E-E-E-P, M-E-E-E-P. I think it's owned by the same people that own Sizzler with the cheesy bread. It's owned by the people that own the Toronto Blue Jays. Meep Meep. It's great. There's a lot of good shows on it. Night Court. The new Night Court is on Meep Meep. I think there is a real Night Court remake. Who knows what's watchable? We'll take your word for it. Get away from your screens. What are you looking at right now? I know you're listening to this. Thank you. But get away from your screens. Except I do have a recommendation. Vengeance. B.J. Novak wrote it, directed it, starred in it. I'm not kidding. Amazon Prime. See, that's The Boy Who Cried Wolf. I was just kidding about a lot of those. But Vengeance is real, and I realized something. Oh, play on words is happening. Legit laughs. First of all, I had a big laugh in the first 10 minutes, which kind of worries you if it's a comedy. You're like, wait, did I have my first big laugh, and that's the biggest laugh? And now I'm expecting to chase that laugh. I want to laugh that hard again. I'm not sure I did, but there's a big laugh. In the first part, and B.J. Novak from The Office, he's a really talented writer, but he's also a very flawed writer. Now I'm going to critique the shit out of this. You ready? He writes in the same profound voice for all the characters. At the end of the movie, I always have to have such a profound conversation with my wife. Let's really analyze this. I don't know if that's her style or not, but she allows me to. She plays the game. You notice everyone says such beautifully crafted speeches the whole time, the whole movie, everyone. And there are some bumpkins in Texas. And even what they say is profound. And it's such wisdom. And it's all BJ's interesting viewpoints being spouted off by a bunch of Texans. 
It's hard to write any other way, though. I give him the benefit of the doubt. When I tried to write a book, actually, no, I shouldn't say tried. When I wrote a book, it's hard to write dialogue and capture someone else's voice. It's really your voice through all these characters. And in the end, it kind of just sounds like the same voices, different characters. Could be a girl, could be a boy. Could be different ethnicities, different religions, nationalities. And still, if you're the writer, which B.J. Novak certainly was, a lot of your thoughts are coming out of all voices at all times. And his voice is good. I found myself like really into all the statements. There were so many like deep points being made in this movie. But the characters were not diversely drawn up. Okay, now I sound like a snob trying to break down a movie that I made up. I made the whole thing up. No, I didn't. Vengeance with BJ Novak is real, but it sounds like I'm lying right now. And we watched Vengeance right after we watched Smoketown, the new Clint Eastwood. And he just shoots everyone in the first 10 minutes. Clint comes into the saloon. You guys watch? You've seen Smoketown, right? It's supposed to win Best Picture. Right, I need to snap out of this because I think I could just do this all night. And you'll believe it. Smoketown... What did it get nominated for seven different awards? No one can name anything. That was the SNL skit. That's my original point. It was a good SNL episode because this game show kind of had some strong commentary about the oversaturation. And now we don't even feel like anything's really special. What's nominated for the, who cares? Oscars, Emmys, Golden Globes. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And did it ever? And did it ever? We'll be back after this. And we're clear. Yeah, I, I did the Saturday Night Live rant. I think it landed pretty good. How's that? Yeah, I'll get the endorsement reads in pretty soon. All right, thanks, Wallace. And we're back. And we're live. Of course, we're not live. It's a podcast. Nothing's live. So Mila found my CDs. What? I said that already? Michael Jackson, you ready for doot, doot-da-da-da-dooch? Dooch, doot-da-da-dooch? When I shave, I shave, I don't know, once a month. People ask me if I got a haircut. What's the optical illusion? I'm curious. I shave so infrequently that when people look at my face, they don't know how to process what happened. A haircut? Did you lose weight? Are you on an all-juice diet? No, I shaved. No one ever guesses. You just shaved, and I bought a safety razor. That's an old-school heavy razor. One blade, all right? Forget the three blades, four blades, five blades, the big things from the 90s that I've still been using, creating ingrown hairs. No. I now use an Italian shaving cream. I use a brush. This is how old I am. Shaving is now fun. If you have coarse hair, I'm getting to my read, Wallace. It's ProRasso, the best shaving cream out there. Tell them Josh sent you. When you walk into this shaving cream factory, tell them Josh sent you. Tell them Josh sent me here to get shaving cream. Safety razor. You don't know what it is? It's old school. You actually screw the razor blade in there yourself. And you got to learn. you got to go to a few YouTube videos. How do I use this razor? Stop using the Mach 9. The Diamond Mach 9. Taking off all the layers of skin. You look ridiculous. All right? You want to use Prorasso Italian Shaving Cream. And then finish off with a nice lavender splash. Pratacha is not the sound that anything makes when it hits your face. Do you all know what mock trial is? Or no. Mock trial is something some high school students do. And I actually went to high school. Never heard of it. I've taught high school for about eight years. Had never heard of it. But I was asked to be the mock trial advisor, coach. I was like, sure, yeah, what is that? Like a lunchtime club? Oh, no. 
It's a big deal. There are students who simulate real trials and they prepare to battle other high schools with a made-up scenario. I didn't know about this world, but I was so impressed. They had their competition earlier this month. I told you February is a great month. February is the NBA All-Star break, Valentine's Day, Black History Month, Black History Always, and the Mock Trial Championship at the Civic Center, the showdown. It's the same case. And these are high school kids that scrimmage other schools. There's conjecture and objections and real judges, real juries. It's very theatrical too. It's like a performance. Like it almost looks like a play, but it's a competition. It's really cool on many levels, but I refuse to be called a coach because I'm not doing anything. They actually have real attorneys coaching these kids. And I said, I'm the coordinator. Let's give me this title. And as they're doing the big end of competition ceremony, they're giving away trophies and ribbons and plaques. And they announced Tara Linda third place. I was like, all right. And one of the kids brought me the plaque. I was like, no, I, I own a mock trial plaque. I've never felt less deserving of anything handed to me in my life. But it'll be in my classroom forever. Point is, there's something for everybody. Think about what, just 50 years ago, girls weren't even playing varsity sports. Schools were so limited in what they were offering. 50 years ago, or maybe even 30 years ago, 20 years ago, to be cool meant, what, you're an athlete? And you drink from kegs on hills on weekends. That would be cool. Now, get in where you fit in. You find your lane. I think a lot of high schools, not just the one I work at, but I think a lot of high schools have so many options. So many groups. So many clubs. You find those like-minded, similar sensibility friends. I walked by a math teacher's room. He's got all these computers on the same video game. They're all gaming at lunch. There's still kids playing with Pokemon cards and they find each other. They find their groups. There's kids that play chess. Chess is big again. It's almost like the football team is just a thing. It does not elevate your status, at least around here. If I was in Texas, I'd probably be singing a different tune, singing in a different Ray Charles tune. But whatever you like. I mean, that's really the advertisement of a public school. Whatever you like, it's there. You like to argue? Like to put on a suit once in a while? You want to be a lawyer one day? Boom, mock trial. What do you want to do? Well, I like to punch people and I have anger issues. Great, we have an MMA club and we have the history of boxing class. It's just, we'll cater everything. We'll cater everything to your needs. You just got to show up. This episode is brought to you by High School Foundations asking me to promote what's happening on campus. Isn't it crazy how impactful those four years are? When you teach, it's just any four years fly by. You don't even look at your teaching career in increments of four years, but those students that show up nervous as 14, 15 year olds and then become adults and say goodbye with their diplomas, those four years shape you. How do I know this? Ask yourself right now. How are you shaped by those four years? Good, bad, something, guarantee, something. Someone's still in your life from those four years. You still ruminate on some things from those four years. They're so influential. It's crazy. What's a more developmental span? 15 to 18? You go from 15, 16, 17, 18. Wow. Think about your firsts. How many firsts show up in that span of years? And all the while you're working so hard if you're driven to get out, 
get out, spread your wings, fly away from the nest. It's like they just dangle this idea of freedom ahead of you. You get the diploma and then goodbye. You can do what you want. It's a great speech, right? To tell young people, just focus. Just do what you need to do to open up some doors in the future. Get that diploma. Then say farewell. You hate all this? There's only one way out. You hate all this? Great. Do enough to give yourself some green lights in the future. All right. You go ahead and leave a nice rating on iTunes, won't you now? And then next episode, I think it's an interview. Yeah, I've been going solo, dolo, molo, colo for so long, but now I got an interview locked up. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be in episode 207? You'll see. You'll see. I'll give you a hint. It's a stand-up comedian. Uh-huh. A real one. But for episode 206, I think we're just going to unplug the old mic, pour a fat glass of jungle juice, and go howl at the moon a little bit. Remember when we were all howling early pandemic? Was your neighborhood howling at 8 p.m.? Oh, God. Did that really happen? Did all that really happen? I think it did. I'll have to Google it. All right, episode 206. We did it. It's in the books. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>